This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A podcast boy is playing hurt this week. Too much shouting about a six-game UCLA win streak, I guess, back in Westwood. And suddenly, I've got Barry White voice. You'll never find... As long as you live. Anyway, um, sorry, not horrible timing, though, for a vocal cord blowout, to be honest, because today it's more about hearing from manager Buck Showalter and general manager Billy Epler, as because now the coaching staff is indeed officially set. It is a rich tapestry of both generations and personalities, kind of like a modern-day TV dramedy with a little bit of every type of person represented. We will quite literally meet the Mets, Coaching staff, that is, coming up after a saltwater gargle. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. Here comes the hot stepper. The big reveal of the 2022 Mets coaching staff was earlier this past week. And some other news and notes as we fiddle around during the lockout waiting for resolution. Josh Lewin with you. And of the Mets seven coaches, one is a holdover. One is from within the organization. One makes a return after a brief time away. Four are literally brand spanking new. They combine for professional playing experience from the 70s, 80s, 90s, the double O's, and the 10s. For example, you look at Eric Chavez and Jeremy Barnes as the hitting coaches. Chavez brings the experience of having been a successful hitter during his relatively recent big league career. Then you got Barnes, who's 34, more attuned to the rise of the launch angle swing and the more advanced stats and cameras trying to analyze the swing and all of that. So after a season in which the Mets fired an old-school hitting coach in Chili Davis, then went new age with Hugh Quattlebaum, maybe the Mets have found a compromise. And make no mistake, the Mets' offense was riding that struggle bus all year. I mean, by October, they were 27th in runs scored, 24th in OPS. And what made the lack of production worse was the hitters' seeming lack of confidence in the process. The players were presented with so much information regarding a pitcher's tendencies and the specific movement of that pitcher's pitches, and it kind of messed with their heads is what we're hearing. And my take on that, noting I was never in the room to see anything firsthand, but if the analytics guys are talking up every pitcher like they're a Cy Young Award winner, that is a confidence destroyer. I would rather hear that the message was, here's how you win at the plate, not here's how he is going to get you to lose. And I think that's where Eric Chavez comes in, a hitter who can relate to hitters and their struggles mentally and physically, because he's been there in that same batter's box, a 17-year career in the big leagues. So let's back it up and roll it back to early last week when Billy Epler was asked to describe what he's putting out there, seemingly a synthesis of old school and new school. So when we um, when we set out to assemble this coaching staff, um, kind of a diversification of skill set was something that we talked about. We wanted to make sure we had 
um, as many angles covered as we could we could have covered. Um, so something to be able to cover blind spots of one person um, and and hopefully could shore that up, um, you know, in another area. And so experience played uh, played a factor in it. Um, and also um, people that had a little bit of familiarity with a lot of the different tools um, and technologies that have been introduced into the game since, I don't know, uh, probably about 2015, 16, when we've really you know, seen an advancement. Buck Showalter was happy to speak on the subject as well, how they arrived at this particular group. It was a collaborative effort. Uh, I'm very proud of the staff. Uh, uh, like Billy said, very well-rounded. Um, everybody's very open. To, to everything that uh, may come our way. And, uh, you know, you, you look at serving the players' needs, the most important thing probably, and uh, making sure that we bring somebody that uh, keeps the avenues open to all things. So uh, I know the work that Billy and I and the, and the organization put in uh, with the candidates that we talked to. It was a very long process. We got started a little late in the game, and um, – but to get to where we've gotten now, it's passed through a lot of filters, and uh, I'm very proud of it. Looking forward to working with them. One of the interesting hires was always going to be bench coach. With an unseasoned manager, you want someone who's been there and done that, an extra set of eyes to help a rookie see what he might otherwise miss. But since Buck has managed off and on in the big league since 1995, this is very different. So what role does Glenn Sherlock play as Buck's bench coach. Yeah, you, you can't just put a blanket over it. So this is exactly what they're going to do. You know, I've known Glenn since uh, she's 89. He was a player coach for me in Albany. And uh, he's still a little mad at me because I had to activate him one time in New Britain. I asked him the other day if he's still mad. He said a little bit because Jim Lairitz got to critique his catching that he was supposed to be coaching him. But uh, took him with me to uh, New York as a really a bullpen catcher, batting practice pitcher. Still throws great BP. They fight over getting in his group. But uh Took him out to Arizona to work to handle the catchers throughout the organization, and he went on to, you know, Glenn wasn't somebody's guy. He's a baseball guy. You know, you bring up Glenn's name, he's just solid. Uh, doesn't have a lot of ups and downs emotionally. He just uh, he's very uh, uh, into winning, very uh, emotional, right the right things, but very even keel. And uh, as far as what I will use him for, you know, the sky's the limit. Obviously, his first uh, responsibility is the catching. He's as good as good as there is, and uh, he uh, has a way of making people better and maintaining skills that people have. And it's never about him; it's just what do you need me to do. But he's had a great experience coaching the bases. He's had great experience uh, handling the running game. He knows how bullpens work, um, and he has some familiarity here with uh, the Mets. And you know, everybody here that was here when he was here, uh, we're real excited about adding him to the staff. All right, I want to get back to Chavez now as the hitting coach. And we're going to find out when we talk to him if these days he likes Chavez or Chavez. Don't get me started on that. He toyed with us during his playing career about that. But he was poached from the Yankees, as you probably know. He was going to be the number two guy. But with the Mets, he's number one. Billy Epler was asked, why was Eric Chavez or Chavez your choice? We interviewed a, a lot of really strong candidates uh, for, for that position. Um you know, as Buck and I talked through that process, uh, one of the things that, or one of the themes that we kind of kept coming back to was, you know, the the mindset, the approach, um, and uh, you know, I think that that kind of steered us in in a direction of um, some experience, you know, living and dying in the batter's box, for lack of a better term, um, and so um, you know that that's how 
you know, we, we ultimately landed on, uh, landed on Eric was just that ability to, um, put together a plan for, you know, attacking a pitcher, um, knowing what that, that individual is trying to do and really thinking through an at bat and an approach in that bat more than let's say the technical aspects of the swing or, um, uh, you know, that, that in term, I know we, you didn't ask about, about, uh, Jeremy, but, but that's kind of the compliment that we went for, um, was some technical analysis to kind of, to kind of blend with, you know, years of, uh, of experience. I think, I think Garrett's ability to, he's well-rounded. He, he's receptive to things. He's also, Hey, it's a time of, Hey, let's go hit all that's fine. Now we got to go hit, you know, when the game, he's very protective of the game uh, itself and, and what it, what it entails being a good major league hitter. But, uh, I, I just love his sense of urgency, his energy level, but he's also uh, got some reality of the, you know, one of the problems a lot of coaches have is they forget how hard the game was to play and how bad they were on a given night. Eric, uh, you know, there's a fine line between empathy and sympathy, and I think he, uh, we had some great candidates. Eric uh, brought some things that we thought was were, were in need of and uh, and has some background in, in being a part of the New York uh, sports culture. And Billy, was it was it tough dealing with the Yankees to to get him out of his contract and get him over to the Mets? No, no, it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was it was tough. Um, there was an understanding. I, I had talked to Cash, um, you know, even before the you know he and the Yankees had hired um, Eric. Uh, he had asked me, you know, if there was a possibility that he would he would come over here and. and and Cash and I had an understanding that if if the if the 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 lead role opened here and he won the day that um, he would uh, he would get their blessing and so that's uh, that's ultimately what happened. I know it I know it played out a little differently in the in the papers and things like that, but no, it was uh, it was it was talked about uh, beforehand. I right, mentioned Jeremy Barnes moved to assistant hitting coach from within the organization. Billy Epler was asked how he arrived at that hire. I think you know what we set out to do was, was, was to really complement um, the skills uh, of the staff. We wanted to diversify, uh, you know, who was, uh, you know, who was going to be involved with our players. And so um, what we did is we really asked Eric um, when we landed on Eric, we both had a conversation in, independent with Eric um, or individual with Eric and asked, what do you think would help the most? Um, he gave a criteria once we established the criteria that, you know, a- allowed us or, or directed us to who we should talk to. Um, so we angled for a little bit more technical, um, you know, swing analysis, people that had some familiarity with using some technology or just being able to read some of the, the technology with the batted ball information and, um, so on and so forth. So, um, it, it led us to Jeremy. Jeremy had a, um, you know, a, a, a lot of experience um, using some of the, the modern tools. Um, he played for a number of years in the minor leagues as well. Um, so he understands, you know, um, he understands, uh, you know, what players go through. Um, and uh, so it was just a nice compliment of skills with, with Eric. Barnes, the only true assistant on the staff, the Dwight Schrute to the Michael Scott, assistant to the hitting coach. We note that there are some teams out there that have assistants for the assistants. The Giants, for example, have a 13-person coaching staff. The Mets say they're happy with seven. Here's Billy. I mean, it was something that, that Buck and I uh, talked about, um, you know, the size of the staff. But, 
you know, one of the things that uh, popped in my head, and I'm, I'm sure you know Buck had his own thoughts about it as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of new a lot of new people around here um, that are going to be around in that in that locker room, myself included, Buck included. I mean, I, I joked with him a couple of times because he'd ask me, you know, what what what's up with this or what's up with that? And I said, you know, I, I, I started 25 days before you, so I don't have this answer for you right now. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing that we're both very aware of is how players perceive things and how players feel. Um, and when you have a lot of different faces and all, and everybody's new or the vast majority of people are new, um, you know, that can, you know, that can lead to, to potentially a little discomfort, um, and, and that's not what we want. You know, we want, a, you know, to kind of move a little slower through the process. If we find areas that we feel that can be supplemented, we'll add. Um, but we didn't want to, you know, roll out this 11, 12 person coaching staff, which, you know, we see um, throughout the game. And, and that's not a knock on 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 having that. But we wanted to make sure there was a purpose behind it rather than just trying to fill seats in a in a classroom or fill seats on a bus. Less is more. I get it. I actually think it's pretty smart. You can really overdo it sometimes. Overkill is not a thing you really need at this point. You only got one holdover on the staff, only one. That is the esteemed former Met pitcher Jeremy Hefner back as the pitching coach, and here's Buck. If I if if he'd have been in an interview process, he probably would have been our pitching coach. He uh, he's been he's been impressive. You know his knowledge of the players and you know the feedback I've gotten from people that uh, have interacted with him on a day to day basis. Um, I'm excited to have that uh, kind of uh, cheat sheet, so to speak, uh, to you know bounce a lot of things off him. He's been very receptive to all the questions. At some point, he's probably going to ask me to give him a break, but uh, he's he's been uh, he's been he's been really impressive, and I'm I'm lucky to have him. Well, certainly Jeremy Hefner will have a well of talent in this rotation. That's the the headline with the Mets this year for sure, the top of that starting pitching rotation. But Buck was asked, point blank, do you have what you need to win top to bottom, not just those two studs at the top of the rotation? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, – I'm all about tr- trying to eliminate excuses we might have, you know. You know and uh, one, I, my job is to take what we have and make it as good and as competitive as it can be. I don't uh, – you know, Billy and I certainly will have private talks about this and that and where we might – you know, it's uh, – I know he's very good at the what-ifs. You know, we all assume that – uh, a player is going to be our shortstop this year, but we uh, have to always attack the what ifs, and hopefully they come from our system. But sometimes they don't. Um, you know, I'm excited about the draft this year with the picks that we're going to have. You know, obviously it's not in my 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 uh, alley, but you know, it's something's got something to do with the Mets. But you know, back to your question, I just, I I've certainly looked at it. But I'm more looking at the people we have and how to make them as good as they can be and reach their potential. And if someone else comes up on the horizon, you know, I don't need to be the first to know. Billy knows uh, what he's doing. He's got a great track record of that. And the energy and the want to is, is something we'll all share. So I'm trying to stay shorten up. I'm trying to stay involved on that 40-man roster and anybody that might be on the horizon from within the organization. 
Now, Buck hasn't always gotten full cupboards when he takes over a team. This is obviously different. You go back to 03 in Texas. Yes, Alex Rodriguez had one of the best seasons ever by his shortstop. He mashed 47 home runs. He won MVP. And the rest of that Texas infield, Mark Teixeira, Hank Blaylock was a 30 home run hitter. Michael Young, outstanding as well. But the pitching was a train wreck. Colby Lewis, who threw the second most innings on the team, did so with an ERA of 7.2. Five other pitchers had at least 25 innings of work on that team and had ERAs over six. Luckily, in Buck's first go-around with the Mets, well, he's not only going to have the stud at shortstop again, but he'll also have two of the best pitchers on the planet. You go to Baltimore when Buck took over his first full season in 2011. Among the 14 then American League teams, the, the Orioles pitchers were 12th or worse in strikeouts, ERA, hits allowed, home runs allowed, wins above replacement, They were dead last in each of those final four categories. But here in New York, he's stepping onto a polished parquet floor as opposed to a pile of quicksand. Before we leave Buck Showalter and head to our one-on-one chat with Billy Epler, last thing for the skipper here, just in case the lockout means a shortened spring training, what's the plan, Stan? We have dates. If everything went well, I'm hoping for some good news today out of the agreement. I'm sure somebody can shed some light on that, which I'd love for you to do. But, uh, you know, you start preparing like it's going to be as advertised. And I'm not even going to handicap and jinx us about whether that. And then I, we, I've been kind of going in week intervals about how much time uh, you're going to have. It seems like the amount of workout time before games start has, has shrunk every year. And um, so I think just being prepared for different timetables and uh, knowing, let's face it, spring training is a lot about getting pitchers ready. And this will be no no different. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Eric about how much time at the very least do you need, Jeremy, you know, where this thing. We just don't have that safety net of the guy has a minor injury. Now, if they have that, it puts opening day in jeopardy if we have a shortened spring training. I'm hoping for the best. Uh, I think the players are too. And uh, I'm going to get into handicapping the, the lockout, but uh, – you know, we're trying to prepare for all scenarios, knowing, scenarios, knowing that it's probably completely to be completely such is impossible. But we're going to try. Now, hopefully there will be action in Port St. Lucie before too long. But meantime, we're ready right now to get to our one on one with Billy Epler coming out of the coaching search. We tried to break it down a little bit, get inside the mind of the GM. So, Billy, I'm just curious, if I'm a GM and I'm interviewing coaches, uh, what's your advice? Uh, what questions are really good to ask if it's someone that you're not super familiar with? Um, well, you know, one, I like to talk about their history and their experiences in different situations. Um, you know, I like to talk about, you know, real world examples um, of when they have, you know, had um you know, maybe a difference of opinion with uh, another coach, with a manager, with a player. Um, you know, I don't need the specifics about who, you know, the other kind of stakeholders were in that. Uh, but I do like to understand what the issue was and how, um, you know, how it, how it was resolved. Um, and so, uh, you know, just try to take as, as comprehensive of a look as possible, um, you know, through that through that process. Is it a, a fun thing in any way to go through this? I mean, this is a big decision, but at the end of the day, you're kind of crafting something and you're doing it collaboratively with Buck Showalter. So do you look at it as kind of a, a fun challenge? Um, 
Yeah, it is. There's a lot of learning um, that goes into it. Um, and, uh, you know, you, 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 you know, make connections, uh, you know, with the, with the candidates, wh- whether they're the ones that ultimately end up with the job or not, you still have that, that connection moving forward. And, um, you know, you're just really, uh, you know, uh, uh, approaching it with an understanding of what the criteria is that you're looking for. And you, you know, try to articulate that, that criteria to the, to the candidates and see, you know, um, you know, how they fit and how they maybe complement some of the other members of the staff. I was just going to ask you about chemistry and how important that element is, because you bring up a great point. There might be a guy who's totally qualified, but just doesn't particularly fit for this one situation, right? Yeah, no, you're exa- exactly right. I mean, you, you'll run into uh, situations where, you know, the, the the decision's not just made in a vacuum. Um, you want to really understand the connection um, and the skill sets of, of other people that are actually on the staff um, and... Uh, and, you know, trying to cover things in a, in a 360 degree way is, is kind of how at least, how at least, uh, I articulate it. You've got a very brief football background. I know having interned in, in Washington, and I just know in that sport, it's so important to get buy-in from the players about the coaching staff. Is, is that true in baseball too? I mean, these guys might have great resumes, but if they can't get the buy-in from the very expensive investments that are the ball players, it's kind of fool's gold, right? Yeah, I mean, it matters. Um, you, you know, you need to have uh, staff members that are going to be able to connect uh, with the players that can, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean they have had to walk in their shoes, but they have to be, um, they have to have a, like a high degree of empathy um, so that they can they can really try to think through, um, you know, what a particular player is, is feeling or thinking at that at that moment in time. And so um, you're looking for people that can communicate um, can problem solve or think about other ways to, to solve problems. Um, and people that are also, you know, unafraid to say that they don't know. Um, that's a, that's a perfectly acceptable answer. So you really want, um, because, you know, players have a, have a, a good radar on them. They'll know, um, if it's kind of a canned answer, um, as opposed to, um, you know, a, a deeper, um, understanding of, uh, you know, of a, of a, of a particular objective. And so, uh, you know, th- those are, those are things that, that do matter. You certainly don't have to name names on this one, Billy, but have you ever been in a situation where you're the interviewer and you didn't really have an expectation one way or another? And this guy literally blew your doors off where it's like, I wasn't planning on liking this guy. And now I love him. Yeah, I've, I've had that. I've had it a number of times, not just exclusive, uh, to, to here with the Mets. I've had it in other stops, as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are, those are, uh, those are fun interviews. Um, sometimes where you, you kind of lose track of time a little bit. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've had, I've had that happen. Last one for you. There's an old saying about when a, when a fisherman can't go to sea, he mends his nets, right? So, so, I mean, you can't be doing exactly what you'd normally be doing as a GM of a team right now because of the lockout. But, uh, in that realm, how are you mending your nets? What, what are you working on since you can't exactly do what you want to do? You know, really diving into departments now. Um, you know, the role of a of a general manager is is it's almost like a systems manager. You know, you have your your major league team. Uh, you know, and everybody everybody understands that, right? It's uh, it's it's the face, uh, if you will, but. You know, there's a whole body um, that kind of contributes to you know how that how that face presents. 
to its competition, to the fans, um, to to every everybody that you know follows this organization. But you know, you have your player development system, and and that's a massive entity. It's you know uh, got um, upwards of. 55, 60 coaches in it, uh, 200 players in it. I mean, it's a monstrosity. Um, so you really want to understand some of the processes uh, and objectives um, that uh, that that department has. You have your professional scouting group. Uh, you have your uh, a- amateur international, your amateur domestic group. Uh, you have your analytics group. You have your baseball systems uh, group. You have your front office, you have your player performance group. So I'm spending a lot of time or I'm, you know, on the verge of spending a lot of time diving a little deeper into those departments, um, at, you know, at this juncture. And then, you know, Buck and I have been talking about, um, you know, spring training kind of progressions, um, and, uh, and planning for all of the different, you know, permutations that could, that could come from that. Um, and also, um, you know, talking through a little bit of strategy for, um, when, you know, when we are allowed to, uh, to engage with players again, um, what we want to try to execute and how quick we want to try to execute it. And, uh, so starting to, uh, refine a little bit of a blueprint in, in that, you know, in those efforts as well. Well, there's your Billy Epler one-on-one. Appreciate him very much. We have some more Mets news for you before we go right after this. So as we trip through the news and notes from this past week of relative inactivity, a former Met fan favorite is going to be managing an Atlantic League team this year, not far from City Field. you got the independent Staten Island Ferry Hawks beginning play this spring, and they named Edgardo Alfonso as their manager. The Mets Hall of Famer joining Long Island Ducks manager Wally Backman as former Mets now in charge of teams in that circuit. Alfonso knows the Atlantic League pretty well. He played for the Ducks in 07 and 08, played for the Bridgeport Bluefish in 06, for the Newark Bears in 2010. Meantime, unfortunately, some sad news to report about another former Met. Reliever Jeff Innes passed away from cancer at the age of just 59 this past weekend. The righty submariner spent all seven seasons of his big league career with the Mets from 1987 to 93. Close to 300 games over that stretch. Pitched to an ERA of just north of three. Known as the I-Man. Smart guy, psychology major at the University of Illinois. Very popular as an instructor at Mets Fantasy Camp every year. A guy with a great talent for doing impressions. He did a kick-ass mad dog, Chris Russo. And he also went one time on Kiner's Corner with Ralph, appearing as fake Frank Cashin, bow tie and everything. Great dude, great spirit, gone way too soon. Got to leave you with some better news here as we prepare to shut it down for the day now. Uh, You asked for it, you got it, bobblehead-wise. Got a three-part Mets TV broadcast booth bobblehead series at the ballpark this summer. Yes, it's prevented by Verizon and SNY. We'll be uh, providing fans with the opportunity to collect three, count them, three of these bobbleheads, each one featuring precisely one-third of the trio that many consider to be the best booth in baseball. When you put all three bobbleheads together, what do you got? One large piece bobblehead. So, first 25,000 arriving fans Saturday, July 9. Get the Keith one before his Mets Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Saturday, August 13th, it's the Ronnie. And on Saturday, September 17th, it's the Gare. Hard to believe this will be Gary's 35th season behind the Mets mic now. First on radio, then of course on TV. I'm just surprised Keith's cat, Haji, doesn't have a bobblehead yet. That cat is turning 18 years old, people, so I I say let's go. Speaking of let's go, 
We are getting played off here. So a big thanks to the Mets in the Morning House Band working hard so you don't have to. On keyboards, Mike Jorgensen. Slapping to bass, Ronnie Paulino. The horn section, that's Shane Halter. And kicking out that downbeat on the drums, that was Preston Wilson. This is Josh Lewin. Sorry about the voice. Uh, Going to try to heal up and get ready for you next week. Mets in the morning. That's the name. Don't wear it out. Take care. Let's go Mets. Bye-bye. <laughs>